Life podcast. We truly hope you'll be inspired and challenged today. Now, let's dive into this message with the family at Pleasant Ridge. Thank you for this opportunity to share about something that uh, we are very passionate about. Um, and this church really, really understands adoption and caring for people that do so. Uh, so uh, in a lot of ways, it is uh, the proverbial uh, preaching to the choir, right? Uh, but I am very passionate on this subject, and Mike asked me, uh, several months ago if I would be interested in doing this, and I, I jumped at the chance. Um, this is really important to my family. Um, it is important to um, a, lot of, a lot of people I know, and it is important to this church, and I, I believe it's important to God as well. Uh, just a little uh, background from my history. Uh, my mom grew up as an Air Force brat. My grandfather was an alcoholic, and in a womanizer, uh, a pretty, pretty awful man, truthfully. And she got moved around, as is the way with the Air Force. And somehow, God provided every time for a family to take her in and take her to church and be her other family. My mom was basically informally adopted several different times all throughout the earth really all over. Uh, then my, my mom died when I was five. And my dad remarried. And part of the reason that he remarried is that he wanted a mother for his children. And my mom adopted me. And it's really like, you will never hear me say stepmom because I don't think of her that way because she came in and chose me. Um, this is part of my family story, for sure. Both Sarah and I have siblings that have adopted already. Um, and there seems like there's going to be more of that that happens. Um, our, our pictures of, of family reunions, they're all over the place, right? They look, they look a little different. And then Sarah and I have both fostered and adopted. Uh, about three years ago, right before thanks or right after Thanksgiving, Hannah and Abby arrived at our house uh, in somewhat of a storm, <laughs> uh, a whirlwind, a tornado, um, and we have had them ever since. Uh, a year later, we had uh, Charlie and Annie uh, come into our house. I was over in Mishawaka, hanging out, playing a game. Sarah, gets, Sarah calls me and she says, we've been offered a, uh, this opportunity for this little boy and this little girl. They're eight months and 19 months. What do you think we should do? I'm like, I'm, I'm planning my next turn here. Can I just play the game, please? <laughs> but what do you know? I leave. We got little kids showing up at our house that night, right? Uh, Cribs, not, not set up, you know. Uh, did I go to Walmart and Goshen at midnight to get formula and stuff like that? Yes, I did. You know, this is, this is part of our lives. And we had Annie and Charlie uh, for 11 months, and they are still a part of our lives. We are very blessed to have 
relationship with their mom still. Uh, it's, it's very, very sweet. Um, and so this is, this is part of who we are and what's, what we think is really important. We're going to do some quick facts here about adoption. Um, we have uh, 424,000 kids in foster care, 424,000 kids in foster care in the United States. By the way, when I say foster, adopt, when you foster, you are basically adopting those kids into your family. For however long they're there, they are yours, okay? So we're going to treat those uh, joined, okay? And if you get to foster and then eventually legally adopt them, all the better for them and for you, okay? Um, but there are 424,000 kids in foster care. The median age is six and a half. Approximately 20,000 uh, children age out of the system. That means that they get to the age 18 without having a permanent home. In January of 2020, the amount of children living in foster care would have filled the Super Bowl stadium six times. And around 140,000 adoptions are done by American families each year. Now, you'll notice that I talked about mostly American people here. Here's why. It's impossible to figure out how many childless people there are across the world. It's impossible. You can have people guess if you want to, but the numbers are all out of place. There are many, many, many children without homes, without families, without parents. Okay? And so to guess would be um, futile. But this is, this is my background. These are the, 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 the facts. But what's really important while we're here at church is what God has to say about adoption. So in Romans 14 through 17, um, God is speaking about our adoption as children. And Romans 8, I was just talking with my friend Tom the other day. Romans 8 is like one of the most beautiful and important chapters in the entire Bible. Okay? It's just, I mean, from start to finish, it's, it's a banger, really. It's awesome. Okay? Uh, here it is, 14 through 17. And by the way, people could take three to four weeks on just these couple of verses. We're not going to do that, okay? So, for all who are led by the Spirit of God are sons of God. For you did not receive the spirit of slavery to fall back into fear, but you have received the spirit of adoption as sons, by whom we cry, Abba, Father. The Spirit himself bears witness with our spirit that we are children of God, and of children, then heirs, heirs of God and fellow heirs with Christ. This is a really powerful passage, okay? And there, there could be a ton to impact, but we're going to focus on the adoption part today, right? And so here's this, this interesting tidbit here. God saved us. If you are a Christian and you believe in God and are, uh, have his spirit in your life, you are saved from the consequences and the effects of your sin. But it's more than just that. You are no longer isolated and alone. You are part of the family. See, there's, I'm an English teacher. It's my day job, right? That's, that's what I really do. So, of course, I have to have a, a quote from an, uh, an author. Uh, this is Harper Lee. And in To Kill a Mockingbird, she says, You can choose your friends, but you sure can't choose your family. 
right? And you've heard that many times, maybe around family gatherings, where you're like, gosh, I got to go with this, right? This is what I'm doing, because they're my family. I didn't have any choice. But see, here's what's different from Romans 8. Adoption is being made into a member of a new family. God did choose us. He chose his family. This is different. He wasn't stuck with us. He chose us. All right? We are not only saved, but we are members of a new family. He could have redeemed us. He could have justified us. He could have sanctified us and still not made us members of his family. I don't think about that very often myself, but that has been really important to me this week as I've been studying this. See, we can call him daddy. There's this emotional tie to the word daddy, right? And you fathers in here that remember the first time that you were called that, right? There's an emotional tie to that. There's an emotional tie for the father, but there's also an emotional tie for the son and daughter. This is important. It is not just, oh yeah, I'm part of the family of God. We think about it like that because it's just part of us, right? It, it doesn't seem real sometimes that there's this, this extra bond that we have. We can call him daddy. One of the jobs of the Holy Spirit is to remind us that we are adopted because it's easy to forget. It's easy to think that we are alone, that we are independent, that we are forgotten. And that is not what we are supposed to remember. That is not what we are supposed to think on. And we are in the will, okay? We are heirs. We've made the family picture. Now, the good news is, God isn't going to die and pass us on whatever's left over from his estate, right? The idea that we are heirs here is that we are receiving the full benefits of being a member of his family. And in this case, most of that full benefit means full relationship with him and the passing on of all the good things that come with knowing him. So how important is this topic in the Bible? So it was kind of interesting to kind of dive into some of the numbers here about um, what, we're, what we're really looking at in the Bible. Okay, um, first of all, uh, adoption, whoop, uh, adoption is only mentioned in the Bible five times, and they're all by Paul in the epistles. That kind of blew me away. I was surprised. I'm, I'm kind of made me like rethink, like, maybe should I be doing this message? Is this the, was this the right way to go here? Am I, am I making a, a, a mountain out of a molehill? Here's the deal. In the Old Testament, you know why there was no need for adoption? Because all the laws provided for when somebody was fatherless. When your brother or sister died and they had kids, the oldest was supposed to take them in. They were supposed to become a part of your family. There was no need for adoption. It was baked into their laws, people. It just, that's, that's what it was. You, you couldn't, you couldn't, you didn't have orphans because they were brought in, okay? Um, 
The fatherless is mentioned eight times. And I want to tell you a little bit about this. Um, in these mentions, God is the father of the fatherless. God is the father of the fatherless. He protects those. He gives justice. He holds them up. But he also, used the, also the word fatherless is used to show punishment that's going to happen. He says, if you don't submit to me, your children are going to be fatherless. This is the ultimate of lows. This is the ultimate punishment in the Old Testament for life on earth, is to be fatherless, is to be orphaned and alone. With the emphasis on family, that is the punishment. That is how extreme God views being an orphan, fatherless. And the word orphaned is mentioned 26 times in the Bible. There are basically, I came up with about three different categories. All right? One of them is God shows love to orphans. He takes care of them. He wants them to be a part of him. Another one is talking to the people of God and saying, look, protect the orphans. If you don't, there's going to be consequences. Don't mess with the orphans. I have specific things in place to protect them. And then finally, all are invited to worship, even those without families. Did, I mean, you hear that? Even those without family. This is the low people. These are the people that are forgotten about. They have no ties. And God says, all of you, including orphans, come and worship. So here's the question I have for you. Do you ever feel like an orphan? Are you a runaway? See, if you are a Christian, God is choosing you. God is choosing you. If you aren't, you can be a part of this. You can be a part of the family. It is so isolating and hopeless to be an orphan. You can see the kids in foster care come and they are so independent, wildly independent, not knowing what they're doing, but they're independent because they have been taught to rely on nobody because there was nobody. But see, God chooses you. You can be a part of the family of God. He knows you. I mean, he really knows you. It says in Psalm 139 that you are, he knows you before you were formed. He knows the words that are coming out of your mouth before you know that you're going to say them. He really knows you. And to be truthful, that's scary. That's really scary. There are times that I, I look at Sarah and I'm like, why is she with me? I am an ugly person. And truthfully, there's so much about me that Sarah doesn't know that would be even more repulsive. But see, God knows all that. He knows more about my ugliness than I do. And I was there for it. He chooses us. He really knows us. And he still chooses us. He loves you that much. This is a choice. Adoption is a choice, and it shows great love. It's not because I'm so awesome that I'm a part of God's family. That's really not it. All right? 
I shouldn't make the family. You can have a part of this family. If you are not a part of the family of God, you are missing out. You're not just missing out from the relationship with with God. You are missing out from being a part of us because we are two brothers and sisters and a family. So our response then to being adopted, what is it? Well, James, um, Coach Radiker, James, your book, man. All right. James 1.27 says, pure religion, religion that is pure and undefiled before God the Father is this, to visit orphans and widows in their affliction and to keep oneself unstained from the world. This is our response. We were chosen. We were We were cared for, now we care for others. Out of an outpouring of love for what has happened for us, we are going to care for others. In fact, Jesus even says at the end of the Olivet Discourse in Matthew 25, he's he's speaking about the final judgment, about what separates the sheep, those are going to be admitted into the kingdom of heaven, and the goats. And he says to the sheep, you were hungry and you gave me food. I was thirsty and you gave me drink. I was a stranger and you welcomed me. I was naked and you clothed me. I was sick and you visited me. I was in prison and you came to me. And the sheep are like, uh, Lord, when did we see this? And he says, whenever you did this to the least of these. And then he says to the goats, you're banished. For when I was hungry, you didn't give me food. When I was thirsty, you didn't give me drink. They're like, when did we see you? Ignored all these people. This is our response. Jesus is saying, this is really a huge part of what it means to follow him. That our love from him outpours to other people. So, why is fostering and adoption hard? Now, i got to give full credit. My wife did this entire slide because she knows much more than I do about why fostering is, is hard, why adopting is hard. And we're not going to stay too long on this, because my guess is you already know these things. The system is broken. It costs a lot. It's not easy. And man, here's, here's one that I want to add. My brokenness is very revealed through this process. I ain't so great, you know? And there's, it's really kind of, um, it would be a lot easier and, and more self-affirming for my uh, ego to not foster. I would, I would probably do a lot better in a lot of ways. So a lot of times we say, I can't do this. Adoption is not for me. And so I wanted to give these quotes from David Platt who's a pastor in Birmingham. Here's the first one. We learned that orphans are easier to ignore before you know their names. They're easier to ignore before you see their faces. It is easier to pretend they're not real before you hold them. But once you do... And then he said, I was always questioned if I was, if I was called to adopt. But then I realized that no child was called to be an orphan. 
So really quickly, we're going to go through this. The purpose of a family, right? Why adopt them? Why is this important to be a part of a family? And by the way, we're using the Amplified Bible to make things a little bit easier to understand because we're taking things real quickly out of context. But it says, In thee, Abraham, shall all the families of the earth be blessed, in Genesis 12.3. Then he says, For I have known, I have chosen him, I have chosen Abraham as my own, so that he may teach and command his children and the sons of his house after him to keep the way of the Lord and to do what is just and righteous, so the Lord may bring Abraham what he promised him. And if you be Christ, then you be Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. James, would you find me a Kleenex real quick? Thanks. You the man. All right. Seriously, thanks. All right, so this is the purpose of a family. Command your children and sons of your house to keep the way of the Lord. That's what we're going to be doing. That's what we're going to be doing when we adopt people. So applications for adoption here. Adoption is not a last resort. It is not, well, we don't really have any other way of children. Maybe we should do this. It is not a last resort. Okay? God is not saying, well, if everything else fails, try this. Adoption is God's plan. Christians should be in the front of the line to adopt. We really need to be, okay? We really need to be there. It is an outpouring. It is not for our own well-being. It is an outpouring of our love. Adoption is evangelism. It really is. This is a way for people to see the love of God in the most personal and unique way. This is evangelism. It is also discipleship. This is basically all parenting, right? Constant discipleship. It's crazy how often I write the word discipleship and, and have to double-check that it's not discipline because they are um, very closely related. Okay, the church family must be adopting all the time. Really quickly, I want you to raise your hands if you have fostered or are fostering or are licensed to foster, adopting, have been adopted, or will be adopting. Raise your hands in this church family. Okay, look around, people. we got a lot of people here that this is part of. It's part of their story, okay? We, this is great, okay? I, again, I told you I was preaching to the choir. This is fantastic. It takes a village or at least a church. The idea here is that when Families within our church are adopting. We as a church body are also adopting them. We are surrounding them. They came from isolation and loneliness. Now they're part of a multitude. My family's rather large. I have four sisters. They're all married. There are kids. And every, um, every other year we get together and uh, go on a, a vacation together somewhere. We just did this two weeks, or was it last week? It's been a long week. It was just last week, the week before, whatever. It was a great time. But the first time that Hannah and Abby went, they were like, I'm so glad to see my family. These people that they'd hardly ever met, right, but felt that love. And that's what needs to happen here as well. And by the way, you all do a great job, right? You all do a great job. Don't. I'm not, I'm not here putting you down. That's not it at all. This is just the reminder of what we're looking to do. 
The church doesn't just adopt orphans. And here's what I mean by that. Basically, anytime a new believer joins us, we are basically adopting somebody that was orphaned before. All right? We have adopted a new brother and a new sister. This doesn't come without pain or sacrifice. Um, this is a story that we often tell, but Hannah and Abby came to us right after Thanksgiving, and like the next week, somebody approached us at church and said, hey, we're doing a Christmas little pageant display. Would your daughters like to be in it? Sarah and I looked at each other like, can we say now? Can we say please? We didn't say no. We said yes. They were coming to a practice to be ready for this performance. They were practicing to be angels. The irony was not lost on anybody. <laughs> I'm leaving basketball practice on a Saturday uh, morning, and I get a call from Sarah, and she says, in tears. Uh, and by the way, Sarah like never cries. I cry five times more often as she does. Can you come and get Abby? She is just throwing a tantrum right here in the church. For some reason, she cut in line or something to get food and she just melted down. It was awful. It was terrible. She just threw a tantrum right there. I had this great picture of her in the, the truck in the back seat just glaring at me as I take her home. I had to strap the seatbelt across, not to the seatbelt next to her, but way across so that she could not get out, right? She's just throwing this awful tantrum. Guys, when we invite a new believer into our midst or somebody that's thinking about becoming a believer, their life is a mess. They come with baggage. If we are ugly and broken, and a mess, somebody without God definitely will be as well. Things not to do, and I, this is, again, just a reminder. Uh, don't fixate on DNA or biology. Our biology being passed down is really not all that important, all right? Don't look down on those that adopt, whether it's domestically or internationally. And don't ignore families or children that are adopting. It is going to be messy. It's really messy sometimes. If you are not going to adopt, we have to work together as a family to support each other. So, some things that you can do. And I think Mike put these in the bulletin. Thank you. Um, prayer. Please, lots and lots and lots of prayer. It's been a tough three weeks at home for us with, with children raising. You know what that is. Okay, you've experienced those times where it is just... Okay, I thought we just dealt with this problem. And the answer is, you did. But that doesn't mean it's changed, right? You're doing it again and again and again, and that is exhausting. Celebrate adoptions just like we do childbirth. Last year when we had the adoption party for Hannah and Abby and you guys came, that was great. And for the next several months, Hannah and Abby were like, can we have another adoption party? Celebrate those things. Uh, love on the children. Be interested in them. By the way, this message has been convicting to me too. Okay, These are things that I need to do better. I need to be more interested in other people's children. 
Sometimes it's pretty easy for me to just be like, I have enough of my own children. I'm good. Right? This is something that you guys have done so well for us. Um, Jesse, you give high fives all the time, and um, people greet our, our children and, and do so well with that. Um, Mike, when Hannah was having her, uh, her eye surgery, Mike came to the hospital to pray before we went into surgery. Um, just, just really appreciate all of that. Um, you can support financially. Um, there are all these different organizations. Uh, you can donate to foster closets, etc. In June of 2020, U.S. News estimated that the cost of international adoption was anywhere between 15 and 50,000 which is just a sickening number. It's a disgusting number. It, it, is, it makes me angry that people would be basically buying children that people don't want. To adopt in the U.S., it's 10 to 40,000, so we're so much better. Um, understand that there are many things that are gonna go wrong but sometimes families are less than happy during this process, during fostering, during adopting, stressed, overwhelmed, frustrated, and even grieving. The children and the parents definitely happens. Fill a need, find a need and fill it. Don't wait to be asked. Don't wait to be asked. When you ask of, uh, somebody that's fostering or adopting, now, hey, is there anything we can do? I mean, that's just like, where do you want to start, you know? It's one of those questions that you don't really want to answer because it's just too messy. Tom and Etta, this is a story from Jesse and Jessica that they gladly shared. Tom and Etta bought diapers every time they went to Sam's or Costco. Jesse thinks they didn't buy any diapers the entire time they had kids in diapers. Jessica maybe says, maybe a few. But the point is, we received this blessing too with Charlie and Annie. Find, find a need and fill it. Do what you can, okay? There are babysitting opportunities. Create an, an opportunity as a church to, to watch a whole bunch of foster kids while their families uh, go out and do something else. Um, guys, I've put together cribs and taken down cribs. I am not fast at that. Will you get people in the middle of the night, volunteer to put cribs up. Uh, Mike ran and got uh, a crib force from somewhere, some location. People donated mattresses. These are things that you can do. Find a need and fill it. Oh, the basketball team, uh, in one of my worst moments as a coach, uh, the basketball team, after a loss on the road, we came back and they threw us a surprise shower for fostering Hannah and Abby. And I, it was a surprise, and I did not handle the surprise very well. I, was, uh, I wasn't prepared for it, and I was just like, what? I should have been really, I mean, you can be grateful and show your, yourself. Educate yourself about the trauma of children and, and be licensed for foster care. Give her so you can foster, you can adopt, uh, so that you can provide respite care. Adoption is God's plan. Let's not forget that. Let's pray.
If you're interested in more information about our church or knowing the peace that Jesus gives, visit our website at lifeattheridge.church.